Hey, y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something. It's July 5th, the day after July 4th. I am partly cloudy. I'll describe why later. We got an awesome show. Awesome show with two of our favorite people, Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly, linebackers for Coastal Carolina University's football program, Keepers of the Mullet. And let me tell you guys, having seen these boys on Zoom for this interview, they are in mid-season form, ready to go. I mean, Silas looks like 90s Silas looks like an, He looks like an extra from Pure Country in 1993 from like he looks like a roadie from dusty's road crew in pure country in 1993 i mean absolutely spectacular he has a per like a, a curly mullet he has like a a pronounced mustache but he does bring it on down into the fu man chew a little bit i think he should cut it into a handlebar i should have told him that they they need but, to get deals with some sort of shampoo and then a local barbershop down there. They definitely need head and shoulders, perp plus panty, whatever they are. You remember, remember Troy Palomalu's head and shoulders deal? Yeah. That should be Silas and Teddy that they should get the Troy Palomalu. I'm, I'm destroying Troy's name. I'm sure Palomalu. How do you say it? I think that's right. Okay. I'm sorry, Troy. I know you're an avid listener, so forgive me, brother. Anyway, uh, this is an amazing show, and these two are hilarious, but they're also really insightful, and we kind of dive into name, image, likeness, and what that might mean for players like them who become this kind of phenomenon throughout the college athletics landscape, and it's a moment. It's a moment in time that they can take advantage of. So what's it look like? What are they thinking? Are they considering ways that they can use their names, images, and likenesses to grow their brands and put a little money in their pocket? We talk about that. We also dive back to last season and the difference, which is a substantial difference psychologically between being the hunter, which they were last year, and the hunted, which they will be this year. Uh, America's team. One year ago, they were so fun. I covered several of their games. I got to know their head coach, Jamie Chadwell, much better. I love their defensive coordinator, Chad Staggs. He's my boy. So it's a, it's a really cool interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. Travis and I certainly did. These kids, they're just really funny. They're just funny as hell. They, and, you know, I think a lot of people are still going to like them, but it's going to be kind of like UCF that first year, people were all about them. And then, People start to turn just because for no real reason. So I think there are going to be a lot of people that kind of want to see them get knocked off. We'll also dive in. Travis, I want to dive into this later as well. I want to dive into how in collegiate athletics, how athletics for universities is the front porch to the school. It's the number one marketing platform that a university can have. I believe that. I think athletics is integral to the collegiate experience and to making young people pay attention to that university and parents pay attention to that university and what that means to the admissions process it's, because it's dramatic. It's worth a ton in that, but then also go walk around the campus and the restaurants and the bar scene after the team loses. Ghost town, full. smoke. It ain't full. 
Yep, Ghost Town. So y'all are really going to enjoy this. We're grateful those guys gave us the time, and we took a lot of their time. Before we get to Teddy and Silas, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe what I'm looking at. That that thing is. How, what do you call that thing? You haven't named it yet. I don't if even you, know. I don't even know what to call it. Teddy, we, what do you call it? We have names for each other though. Not we, not my we, head. We just figured out. We just figured out Silas's nickname though. Does Silas look like Blake Shelton? He does look like Blake Shelton circa 1999. <laughs> I dig it. All right, so what do you, Teddy, what's Silas's nickname? Silas is the sheriff. He is the sheriff. Yeah, he looks like uh, looks like he could be walking right there in line with Wyatt Earp and Virgil and Morgan, walking, walking to the OK Corral. I've actually been mistaken for Morgan Wallen a couple of times. People have come up to me and asked to take my – take a picture with me because they thought they thought that I was Morgan Wall and, and I, I just went along with it. Yeah, you should. Uh, so they got a picture with somebody that thinks Morgan Wallen, but <laughs> actually a little bit more handsome. Can you sing like him? I can't sing like him. I throw I throw a little something down from time to time. What's Teddy's nickname? Yeah, Teddy's the mayor. The mayor and the sheriff. So we have to discuss NIL because I swear last year you two could have made a fortune off of the whole thing, right? Like the the first time that I'm not saying like Ryan and I had anything to do with it, but the first time we saw you guys acting the fool, we knew that you were our guys. Like you're on our, you're on the Marty McGee all American team immediately. And then it just was this steady build that really turned into this just phenomenon, right? And I know you guys had some T-shirts that you messed around with, but if you'd have had the opportunity to really market that thing last year, and you'll have it this year, but if you'd have had the opportunity to market last year, what do you think it would have looked like, Teddy, first? Um, you know, I just think it would have been just another another fun aspect to the thing. Like, that's just kind of how, like, I'm looking at it now. Um, like, I, I honestly don't know because a lot of the uh, – a lot of that stuff, like the, all the T-shirts and stuff, like obviously, like we were not involved in any of that. So I don't really know what 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 the creative process really would have even looked like or anything like that. It was just it was just kind of cool to see it like unfold and like see us get like recognition and stuff like that. And now that we can kind of do it ourselves, it's kind of kind of cool as well. I think. What do you think, Silas? Yeah, I think I think last like like Teddy said, we didn't have anything to do with anything that was going on last year. Um, it was kind of funny watching it all unfold based off of stuff that we did and said and, you know, our hairstyles and whatever. Uh, but I think if we were to have done something last year, it probably would have gone pretty similar to how any mine and Teddy's situations go, where we just sit down and, and put a rough draft together and then release that to the public. Um, so that's probably how it would have gone last year if we would have done something. All right, rough drafts. Let's discuss rough drafts. So when y'all are about to release – the venom on the public what's the creative process and the planning process of putting like one of the videos together with like when y'all go after pat or y'all go after college game day how much of that is riffing and how much of that is y'all sitting in the in the, in the apartment there and uh and figuring out exactly how the choreography is going to go like rick flair and dusty Rhodes and starcade 87 
I can tell you, I can tell you right now that there, there is absolutely no planning or script in any, in any it's of It's all that. spontaneous. Truthfully, yeah. truthfully, there has never been a script or even conversation beforehand about what we're going to do or say. We're just bouncing off of each other. That's real talent, fellas. You know that. Well, when you spend enough time, when you spend the, the amount of time that Teddy and I do just, you know, BSing on the couch at home and just sitting there and, and laughing until we cry because of things that we say, um, it, it becomes pretty easy when you get in front of the camera. How did y'all, how did the whole thing come together? Whose idea was this? What, the mullets? The whole thing. It's not just the mullets. So the mullets are the, the mullets are the front porch to the mansion. All right. The mullets get you to the front door, but there's so much more once you enter the mansion. Y'all got all kind of going on. What, like, how did all of it come together? Y'all's, y'all's friendship, the personality, the whole thing. I would just say that uh, me, Silas, and there's a couple other guys in the group as well. We're just, we're just kind of not, we're not really normal people in the head. Like we, we do some stuff that it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like everyone, everyone's like, what are these guys going to do next? Like they have no idea. And honestly, we have no idea either most of the time. And it just, I feel like, I feel like if you, when, when you get around people that are similar to you like that, you just like find each other and, we have enough guys on the team where it's like, if you just took like a normal U.S. citizen and put them in our weight room for 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 while we're in there working out for two hours, you'd be like, these guys, these guys need to be put somewhere and locked away for a long time. Like we just, we just, we just found each other here. I guess is is how I would say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the mullet was obviously the first step. Um, like we decided to grow them in 2019 and. Then from there, it, it like it kind of took on a personality of its own, and it, it evolved on its own. We never expected anything to like become of it, but like Teddy said, like you know, I'm I'm a very strange guy, as you might as you might know. In uh, what ways? Like seen. how? Like I'm just a weird dude. Like like I, there's no there's no cutting around the like I'm just a weird guy. Like I I don't really care what people think about me, and I like I'm just myself constantly, 100 percent of the time. And a lot of the times that just like, like I'll act like that. And then Teddy will act like that. And then a couple of other guys on the team will be like, wow, like those dudes are nuts. Like I want to be like that. And then like a couple of our coaches will be like, wow, dude, I want to be like that. And so I'm taping an interview. So beating the, beating the refrigerator is probably not the best plan at this moment. Good Lord. Carry on, man. Carry on my wayward son. I'm just, I'm just saying like, it, it bleeds into everybody else. Like, I don't know if everybody was this crazy when they got, maybe they were, maybe that's something that our coaches look for when they're recruiting, but we've certainly, we've certainly uh, made each other better in that aspect. There's so much empowerment in it though. I love, I'm good with weird cause I'm weird too. And I've been weird my whole life. One of the things that I've, I'm very open about, and it's, I mean, hell it's in the library of Congress. I wrote it in my book. My greatest insecurity is that I like to be liked. It's my, it's my personal greatest insecurity. And when I meet people who genuinely are not concerned with other people's opinions of them in any way, and you can live that life, that is living so free. And then, quite honestly, this is just the facts. This is the way society works. When you're good and you guys are really good 
and you you're also got both of you have this chip and your whole program does you kind of have this chip where okay you don't believe in us but we're going to demand we're going to go out there on that teal turf and demand of you that you pay attention to us all of that melds together into this amazing story that does demand people pay attention because you don't care, because you are good. It's a captivating story for the world. And I know when you're going through your day to day, you two don't look at it like that, but I'm an old man with some perspective. And so I, I admire those personality traits very much because it's something that I wish I, I had more of, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think like, I think it's honestly like a, a strength of our program. Cause I think, especially as like leaders, Teddy and I being the older guys on the team, like acting that way is all it's, it's fun and it's hilarious and it gets the guys going. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't care what people think about you and, and you're just going to go to work every day and, you know, BYU's favored by 10 points. You don't care. Like, you don't, you don't care about it. It doesn't matter to you because, you know, you believe in yourself. You're going to be yourself one way or another. Like, it's regardless of what everybody else thinks, you're going to act like yourself. You're going to be true to yourself and you're going to be true to the work that you put in off the field and, and trust in your plan and process and your coaches and your teammates. And it bleeds onto the field and it's really fun to do also. One of the funniest things I've ever experienced in this life, which I've been so blessed to interview so many different types of people, was I forget what game. I had a several of y'all's games last fall, but one of them I was doing, I was interviewing Teddy on the field before the game, and you said something like quantum rocket nuclear physics or some yeah. ridic- ridiculous statement. And I, it, it, I don't, it made me laugh. It still makes me laugh. Like it still makes me laugh, but what people don't understand is like, y'all are really, really intelligent kids. Like you, you are really smart kids, man. We definitely don't, don't show it off that much, but we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we are both pretty smart. I would say. Yeah. I, I'd say Teddy's one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, um, and you know, I, I, maybe I don't know how to pronounce things on, on camera, but, um, I'm a pretty smart guy too. I'm, I'm working on my third degree, get my master's degree. So, you know, we, we're not idiots as much as we run into people with our, with our heads and our, can you, and slam weights around. Can you play that six string on the wall? Yeah, I, I can play it a little bit. So you, all right, not only do you look like Morgan Wallen, do you walk into like the Excalibur on open mic night? <laughs> Say hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Silas Kelly. Let me play y'all a little ditty. You know, maybe I should. Uh, I usually just mess around with it at home with my friends and sit, you know, sit on the truck bed outside, um, play a little bit. But, but, you know, now now that all this stuff's going on, maybe I should walk in there with a little tip jar and, and a uh, – Exactly my what I was thinking. Or something like that. You can even use your real name. I yeah. mean – All right, Teddy, update me on Chadwell's mullet. Not only Chadwell, but McCall. Where, where are them boys at with these mullets? They're both looking great. I mean, Grayson's – Grayson's got some really good flow going. His uh, his 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 kind of does the same thing. Mine does and comes out too a little bit. And but Coach, Coach Chadwell, um, Coach Chadwell has has some great hair going. His hair is pretty straight, so it's going like straight down in the back. That's um, sweet. Very Tennessee. He, he, he just very East Tennessee. Yes, sir. He just, he just had a. Uh, he just. I don't know if he's gonna get mad at me for saying this, but uh, he was. So. 
<laughs> he was just at uh, at the lake with his family in uh, in in Tennessee, and he posted a sick Instagram story of him and of him water sliding down into the lake with his mullet. It was it was one of the best videos I've seen in a long time. Well, I appreciate that he listen. He he made he made a statement. He made a deal with you guys, and he kept it. Mm -hmm. I appreciate a man keeping his word. It's like once I climbed through the Grand Canyon with Scott Frost, the head coach at Nebraska, and I asked him, like, why do you do this? And he's like, because I want to – I want my players to see that when I'm wearing them out to work hard that I'm willing to do it too. Do as I do, right? And now Ch uh, Coach Chadwell is do as I do. I told you guys I was going to do it, and here I am with the East Tennessee top hat just – Killing them. That's Kill what y'all should call that. I was thing, at a camp. East Tennessee top East Tennessee hat. Top I like hat. that. I like that. We were at a we were at a, one of our camps during the summer, and uh, I came out there to to just say what's up to everybody after workouts. And Coach Chavo came up to me and he said, "He said, Silas, you know, we we got to figure out what what the next step is." And I was like, "Coach, what what are you talking about?" Like, I said, "Well, I did the mullet. We won, won the won the championship. I did the mullet. What's next?" Y'all got y'all got to figure out what's next for me. What I got to do next, and it's got to be reasonable. Can't go making me go get tattoos or nothing. But you got to think of something <laughs> for me for next year to motivate the guys. And so me, me and Teddy has been brainstorming. Okay, uh, where are we with this? Get them, to, get them to do next year. Where are we with it? What are some of your ideas? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> one, well, one of the one of the ones we thought about. Well, obviously, first off, like head went straight to tattoo, um, and then he he nipped that in the bud. But one one thing I thought about was just making him wear uh, making him wear diamond earrings in every in every uh, interview and press conference that he did. <laughs> uh, get him some ice. I like yeah, it, man. Little, get, him, get him a little ice. That maybe a chain too. Y'all should like get that. for sure. Y'all should get like a a, a a University of Miami turnover chain with like a iced out Chanticleer, <laughs> just blinged up, and with the mullet, he would look spectacular. Oh yeah, I think he, he needs to show up to the press conference with an actual rooster. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good too. So. Y'all, this year, uh, you were America's sweethearts last year. This year, everybody's going to be coming for you. And the difference, there's a, there's a substantial psychological difference between hunter and hunted. There just is. So, how aware are you guys of that? Or, or, uh, let me see if I can figure out the English language. How aware are you guys of that kind of dynamic in the locker room? And what do you plan to do about it? I mean, I would say – I would say – after week four of last season, we were kind of – everyone had had us already circled on their schedules for the rest of that year. And so we kind of got a taste of that. And, I mean, we – we – we as a group, I think a lot of guys on the team are just born with a chip on their shoulder. And, like, we have we have a bunch of guys on the team that, that are pissed off for greatness, pissed off – pissed off about things that happened last season or what people are saying now. Like, we – we have a way on our team of finding anything and using it as motivation. And we honestly don't really need that much external motivation because, you know, we, we are all pretty much driven inside that we, we all know, you know, what we want to do this year and what we, what we need to do to make that happen. What did y'all show the, that BYU game was the best game of the year. What was that game for that program and, and for you guys? 
think that game really showed that, you know, it doesn't matter who, who we're playing, you know, we can compete with anyone. Um, obviously, they were huge favorites going in. Um, but, you know, everybody was talking about, it before, like, as the week was leading up, like, you know, Zach Wilson and, and all these, these big, you know, Mormon guys who are 25 and 26 and, you know, they're going to crush us. They're way bigger and way better than us. Um, and we kind of heard that all week going up. Um, and then we turn on the film and we're like, you know what? Like everybody's talking like it's a huge mismatch. Like we don't, we don't think it's a mismatch. We like, we believed in ourselves from the moment that we knew that we were going to play BYU. We believed that we could, that we could beat them. Um, and I think that showed the way that we played, um, on the field and the way we play every, every week, we always believe in ourselves. And that goes back to what I said about not caring about what others think. And people got us circled on the schedule, but, um, you know, we still feel disrespected because people are calling us one hit wonders and we're not going to do it again. And what's all the hype about after one good year, you know? Um, so the disrespect is still there. We still feel it. And we still, um, you know, put that in our back pocket and continue to work as hard as we always do. Um, that's what we're going to bring to the field this year. And like, I think that's what we took to BYU last year. You know, everyone's got us circled. We, we've got, we've got a couple games circled too. And uh, I mean, we, we don't really, we, we just, we just put our heads down and work. And I mean, we, we're always going to have our chip on our shoulder. I know me personally, Silas too, like a lot of guys, a lot of guys in our team, you know, were told for a long time in their lives that they weren't good enough to play at this level or, do a lot of things with football. You know, I, I, I know I personally was told that I couldn't play at the FBS level by certain people. And, you know, I think that, 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 that's something that like stays with you forever. And it's like, like, I, I don't care what anyone says about me. I'm just going to work hard and, you know, put my body on the line for my team. And hopefully that, that'll result in some W's. I and I both actually were committed somewhere in, even in high school and got our scholarships taken from us at the last hour. So we're what we're both kind of get that chip on our shoulder that way. So you guys had already committed to other universities in this and your scholarly went to somebody else. Yeah. What's that feel like? Uh, for me, I always tell people it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, I was committed to the university of Maryland for about six months um, to play free safety actually. Um, and they had the coaching change with coach Dirk and, um, and they ended up – he called me one day, first time I'd heard from him, and basically told me that if I wanted to play football, I had to go somewhere else and that I didn't fit into his system. Um, and I was like – that was heartbreaking, obviously, at the time because that was my dream school. My best friend from high school was going there to play football as well. Um, but, like, I ended up just making the decision, you know, like, I'm good enough to play at the next level. I'm going to bet on myself and go somewhere and came here, and it's been – the first few years were a little tough, um, but it's made it – it's all worth it. It's made me who I am today. It keeps that chip on my shoulder. Um, and, you know, I think I've made the most out of it. What about you, Ted? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I had I had a little bit of a different path. Uh, like, out of high school, when uh, I was kind of left – after that, I was kind of left with uh, with nothing. And I went, I went to JUCO for a semester, and that just kind of, like, hardens you a little bit too because, you know, the JUCO, JUCO life – is, is not it's not it's not really a great life in uh and like you know especially in california there's not there's not really scholarships uh, that they give out for the juco level and you know we were lifting weights in classrooms and stuff like that you know we had guys like not re guys not showing up to practice and you know that kind of like it's like it's it was it was like hard to pretty it was hard to stay motivated for a long time and that's where i think i built a lot of my like intrinsic motivation where like it just within me that i know 
I know what I need to do. I know what, what work I need to put in and, you know, I'm always willing to do it. I love it. All right. I got one more story I want to hear and then I'll let y'all run. I, I got a couple more on, on kind of NIL and what plans y'all may have. Cause I think you guys could be like social media superstars and make some paper. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Silas, I heard – so one of the games I covered last year, I was talking to Chad, y'all's defensive coordinator, Staggs, and he was telling me a story about – I forget what game it was. I forget – I think it was two years ago you were hurt, or maybe it was three – a couple years ago you were injured. And in order to – you drove yourself to the game so that somebody else could be on the sideline – I, I, I hope that I'm making sense and you know the story that I'm, I'm trying to reach because it really fascinated me. And I want you to refresh my memory and let my listeners hear it because it was a super selfless decision. You could have gone with the team, right? But you didn't. So somebody else could. Is that right? Yes. Well, so the way it worked was so I, me and my roommate, Stephen Badoski, actually, a lot of people got hurt in the Kansas game. But um, so I broke my hand first game of the season and I tore my ACL in the second game. Um, so I was out, I was done for the season. Um, but I like, we had a UMass game after that. And I think we played the app state was our next game. And I wanted to go to the app state game. Um, and Steven wants to go to the app state game too, but that would like, if we traveled with the team that would have taken up two travel spots for people that could go and play where we just wanted to go and, and support our team, watch, watch our team play and be on the sideline with them. Um, so my dad, honestly was is really who made it all happen um he they he has an rv that they tailgate with for our games um and i texted him and i called him and i was like hey dad like me and steven are really trying to get to the app state game like i don't i don't want to miss the app state game um like is there any way that like if you have that weekend off or something that we could we could drive up there and just you know stay in the rv and and so we can make it down to the game for the team um because i was a captain and i want i wanted to be there to support my team um and he was like, yeah, he loved the idea. So he picked us up and we drove about five hours and, and made it there. Um, it was actually <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have gone because uh, it was only three days after I had ACL surgery. Um, and I was crutching like through the, the streets and like the hills in Boone and like going down this huge hill to try to get to the sideline. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely glad that I did. I want I'm glad I could be there for my guys and um, support in any way I, I could. Um, but my after the game, um, Stephen and I, and my dad got in the RV. And my dad was tired from driving all day, and it was a it was a night game, so we uh, we started driving home. And then we actually we slept in like the like we pulled off and slept in the parking lot of like a like a Krispy Kreme or something, and then drove the rest of the the drive back the next morning. Um, so that's kind of the, the whole story about how all that went. I love it. All right, last thing, I'll let you two run. So I feel like. From a content, so I think one of the greatest avenues for collegiate athletes right now in this name, image, likeness thing is content creation. Because a lot of y'all are already doing it anyway, right? So have you two sat there and powwowed about any content creation that you might partner with either a, a corporate partner or a local local group there in Myrtle? Conway, forgive me, I took all kind of grief for calling it Dirty Myrtle. I know y'all in Conway. Anyway, have y'all thought about this? Is this something that y'all are discussing and, 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 and what the future might look like this season for your opportunity with NIO? I mean, I think, I think the possibilities are pretty much endless. 
I mean, me and Silas, we, we, we've been talking about a long time about like t-shirts that we would put out together, like, and like that kind of stuff. And, you know, like on the content side, like, like I said before, like all the stuff that we put out on the internet, it mo- it's like, it's, we don't really plan it out. It just like kind of happens. And so we haven't really put much thought into like, like maybe like stuff that we're putting out, but it, I mean, I think definitely like t-shirts and stuff like that is something that we're going to do. And, you know, I was joking, I was, I was joking with, uh, I was joking with someone earlier and they were like, asked me like stuff I was going to do. And I was like, honestly, like maybe like I just, I charge people like 10 bucks, 10 bucks an hour. And we just like kick it. I go to their house and like, we watch YouTube videos, <laughs> like do, do karate or something, but like, we just kick it. Like, <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. You, you had a, so you had a little, you teased us there on the social media machine. You, you looked like, uh, you looked like Magnum TA standing in front of George Strait's check. Yes or no white limo. <laughs> and I'm kind of wondering like, what's that about? You may not want to announce it here on Marty Smith's America. That's okay. But what, what, give me something. What was that? Well, well, we, so <laughs> nothing's official yet, so I can't really say anything. Yet, I guess. But, uh, the limo was, um, is a, a funny story. We, well, first of all, people call us America's team. And you can't you can't be America's team and lose Fourth of July weekend. You have to win Fourth of July weekend if you're America's team. Yes. And and so that was pretty much what that was. We I I had a FaceTime at like seven thirty in the morning from our long snapper CJ Shrimp. And I was like I was like What do you want, dude? Like I'm tired. Like leave me alone. He's like He's like Dude, let's get a limo tonight. And I was like Next question. <laughs> but like, how, much, how, much, how much do I have to pay? Like it's like. <laughs> dude that limo driver was so excited too what he, what, what he was, was he or she was it a dude or a lady it was a guy it was so a guy he was pumped he was, he was oh, thrilled yeah. to be there he was absolutely thrilled what'd y'all do what'd you just ride around myrtle in the thing drink a few beers what'd y'all do we, we took we took it out we pulled we pulled up to uh, a place a place in the myrtle's inlet and we uh we hopped out like we hopped out like rock stars I was wearing, I was wearing, I was wearing full denim from head to toe. What do they call it today? The Canadian, uh, the Canadian tuxedo. Canadian, Canadian tuxedo. tuxedo. Sunglasses all night. I couldn't see a thing. <laughs> and did, did, did the sheriff, was the sheriff dressed in like a full duster? Like, what did you have going on? <laughs> sheriff was rocking something similar to that. Yeah. Pretty much right here is what you're looking at. Y'all are awesome, man. I, I appreciate your spirit so much. Y'all are so good for for college athletics and and just society. Like I love your spirit and thank y'all for your time. I didn't mean to keep yeah. you this long, but I appreciate no, you. I can't wait so, to see yeah. y'all this maybe, season. Maybe one of these days, Teddy and I will come out with a podcast. Well, I'll, I'll shoot. I, I know <laughs> who the first guest is going to be. It's, I can't wait to see you this season, boys. Appreciate you. Have fun. Yes, sir. You you need to make that return trip down to Myrtle this season. Don't worry. Let's go. Let's go. Those two are – they are just awesome kids, man. They are funny as hell, and they – you know, sometimes in this life you just meet people who get it, who just get it, and they just get it. They are – they – I admire when people – know exactly who they are they're fearless in it but i was trying to say to them travis i don't know if i was making any sense or not just so y'all know who are listening it's july 5th 
it's currently 9.30 in the morning on July 5th, okay? July 4th is my favorite day of the year. It's my, it's my day, and I go hard as hell. And so I went to bed at about 3, and I was up at 5.50 for my first golf lesson of my life. We'll discuss that in a couple of minutes. So I haven't had a ton of sleep. So I might not have been making a lot of sense. But when, when somebody is filled with self-confidence and they know exactly who they are and they are really good at what they do, that is a very potent like concoction. They and are, they all they have it. Those two both have it. They are just them. And uh, first, though, it's not often that there's two guests that can outdo us in the hair department. They had us. I mean, beat. I wish you guys could see Silas. Like Silas looks like maybe all screen grab, but those two look like and put it out there. But those two. But you're right. Just their authenticness. I remember the first time I saw them. It was actually, it was on Marty McGee on Wednesday night on SEC Network. I believe it was Brad uh, Buchanan was the one that found the locker room video. He found the locker room video and I instantly texted you. I'm like, I'm getting him on and him. But at the time it was Teddy. I didn't know who he was. And then since then we've had, uh, you know, Silas on and Chadwell. And, you know, we've got those guys are just, you can instantly tell, as you said, that they were kind of our people. They're just really, really cool people. Uh, I, I, I appreciate like There's so many people in that program. Chadwell's a trip. Chad Staggs, the defensive coordinator, uh, I've gotten to know him so much better over the last year since I've covered Coastal, I guess two years or so since we've covered Coastal more. And they just have a great culture. Jamie and, and his staff have implemented a great culture that the players have taken and really grown themselves and built themselves. And it's just fun to be down there. Uh, shows, I really appreciate their time. It shows, though, with Coach Chadwell that, you know, some coaches like to run this tight ship and you, you don't see a lot of fun coming out of the program. And, you know, that's supposedly how you have to go about things to win. And they're showing there down there that you can have fun and embrace the work. And, you know, you can have fun while you're grinding to get to where you want to be. You can do both. That level. I hear this from coaches all the time, Travis. At winning's when, not fun. It, it, if you're not a power five school, and even if you are, if, if you're if you're a lower tier power five program, it, it also applies. You have to differentiate yourself. You got to be different to entice talent to come there. And you just heard those two say it, which I didn't know. I I, I knew a lot about them already because I've covered them so much, and I've been in productions production meetings with both of them before, but. This I wanted this to just be more free flowing and and fun and funny, but when you hear how much they still carry uh, Silas, for example, I wanted to go to Maryland. Maryland was my dream school. I got told by my girlfriend, "You're not good enough. I don't want you anymore." I got told by the person I love, "I don't want you. You're not good enough for me." That don't leave you, man. Well, you that could stay with see you it. forever. You could see in him when he's like the demeanor that, that, that that's part of the motivation uh, that keeps him going is that Marilyn once told him you're not good enough. So guess what? I'm going to show you. They're really fun. Uh, and I, thank you so much to, to those guys and to the staff down there. 
communication staff and the football staff for giving us those two. Yeah, and, I, and getting I emailed them time. last week and as you know, can I get Teddy and Silas and can they also be in separate rooms so they're on separate computers audio? Yep, sure, no problem. What time do you need? Yep. But we yeah, do. We need to get down there for a game this fall. It has to happen. Oh, yeah. No question. We should. And and will. And we will. Um, I, can, I still can't share my fall plans just yet. Um, when we do share our fall plans, uh, you guys are going to be pumped up. Speak, speaking of plans, that- though, uh, next baseball season, Marty, we need to make a trip to Radford because one of my buddies just became the assistant baseball coach at Radford. Let's go. Let's go, son. I'll throw out the first pitch. Yeah, man. It's a fighting Marty Smith's. Uh, dude, speaking of Radford, man, it it's humming there. There's a lot of great energy at my alma mater. Now, one thing that stinks for us, and it's huge for Old Dominion, is Brian Hemphill, our former president, who did – just an unbelievable job in just a couple years of being in Radford has now left RU and is now going to be the president at Old Dominion. And that's a huge score for Old Dominion because this dude is an amazing human being. And what he did at our school and the momentum that we have is tremendous. And we got a, a, a brand new basketball coach, our ba- basketball coach, former basketball coach Mike Jones accepted the job at UNC Greensboro. And so we had an opening and we hired Darius Nichols. Darius, it was a great player at West Virginia University, both for Coach Beeline and Coach Hugs. And then he uh, went on in, into coaching and has been on Mike White's staff at Florida for the past several years. And we all know how great that program is. And so – Getting Darius, who's a Radford native, he grew up in Radford, went to Radford High School, and so he understands the area, he understands the program, and he's been in these programs that are so successful that I think he's really going to do great things. And he's, I think he's really young and like really uh, passionate, just a great dude. I'm, we're thrilled to have Darius as the head coach at Radford. For programs like Radford and back to Coastal Carolina, you really need a coach that understands not just the program there, but the city and the town there, because that's really what's going to make it a successful program is you have to understand the people there to connect and you build. It's not just a program that you're building. You're When it's a small team, when it's a small college, the town and the program build together and grow. Culture, man. It, it, it's a culture that – Again, like you have to have differentiating factors, and especially at the, the level Radford is and coastal, like coastal football too. You have to find the diamonds and polish them. They might not be polished yet. It's a development program. I mean, like these are obviously four-year kids, and so you you get them in there, and it may be a, a young man that. You see something in you, you know, he, he may not come in here and be a starter right away, but we're going to work on him. We're going to develop him. We're going to teach him and we're going to make him the absolute best version of himself so that he ends up being a thousand point scorer. I mean, I've seen it time and again, and that's what Darius is going to do there. 
and we're it, it's it, Radford University is an amazing place, and I'm so grateful for everything that I got there and everything that it is right now. But we need to grow. The university needs to grow, and athletics. I will say it until I'm blue in the face and run out of oxygen. Athletics is the front porch of the university. And that was one thing that I was talking about with President Hemphill. He got it. He understood the power of athletic success being something that transcends. It's the greatest marketing platform there is. It's why the University of Alabama, random example, okay, Ohio State, but I know Bama, okay, pre-Nick Saban, Everybody, like a lot of people knew the Alabama brand, but post Nick Saban, what has happened is this. Young people want to be a part of something. Like that's what's going to happen with Coastal Carolina. We keep going back to Coastal because we just interviewed two of their best football players ever. The influx of admissions, the, 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 the application process I guarantee you the registrar's office is seeing more applications to go to Coastal now than they've ever seen before. I mean, who wouldn't want to go? To, if I'm a college kid kind of looking for a, a school to go to, and I see this football program, have fun, and, oh, yeah, it's minutes from the beach. Right. And, and, and it just has a really cool vibe. Well, what's going to happen is this influx of interest, the application, the, the, the volume of applications increase. And then the next thing you know, this is what happened to Alabama. They started winning football games under Nick Saban. They start winning championships under Nick Saban. And not only does the admissions process explode, the academic standards are lifted as a result of that. And then as a result of all of that, what happens? out-of-state interest. And when there's out-of-state tuition coming in, that's a financial boon for the university. Okay? People say Nick Saban's not worth the millions and millions of dollars he gets paid. BS. He ain't, he ain't making enough. And so, because, I mean, they win. Their academic standards are elite. And they have so much out-of-state Student, how do you even say that they have, they have such an influx of out of state kids coming in? It's the perfect storm. I mean, think about it back to the NIL thing. Bryce Young has not started a game at Bama, but because of his hype coming in out of high school and being the next guy in the, the line of quarterbacks at Bama, he wears number nine, just in case you wondered, has signed to, you know be wrapped for marketing by CAA that, you know, doesn't happen if that program isn't where it's at. Like it's, it's, un I think people forget also where Bama once was with before Saban. Oh, they, yeah, uh, dude. It, now that that's just what people know, right? We're always prisoners of the moment. And it's not as if, it's just a moment for, for Alabama. They've been a standard-bearing program since year two for Coach Saban. His first national championship was in year three, I think. 2009, I think, was his first title at Bama. He now has six of them. So, so you're talking about the GOAT. Everybody knows I think he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. And, 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 and it's not just Bama. That's the case with – 
so many different universities that have athletic athletic success. And 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 like it's Ohio's like you look at look at your alma mater. I mean, what is a fifty thousand enrollment? It's a monster, right? It's probably a little more than that, but yeah, a little more than that. Okay. Before the before any of them, I'm not going to say any, but I'm going to say a lot of them ever like have a clue about oh, the Ohio State as a higher education, an institution of higher education. They know about Eddie George all the way to now. And that's just the truth because it's on your television. It's on Sports Center. It's college game day. It's having Jack Nicholas sitting on a college game day set. It's all of it's just a brand. Ohio State is the like the brand. It's the biggest brand in the country, Nate, coast to coast, and the biggest fan base, coast to coast. And I mean, if you're wearing a hat and you're in another country. Most more than likely, somebody's going to yell "Oh!" I yelled it on the beach yesterday. This family, we were playing that Can Jam. That game's so fun. I'm not a big you know fan of Can Jam. You are. Or you're not. No, I'm not. Oh man, we love it, dude. Wow, you you probably suck. That's probably why. No, it's like because it. there's always some. It's just like someone's always throwing it, and it's going the wrong way, and it's just. I'm 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 you a classic with the right people, man. Give me. I'm more of just you know, give me cornhole kind of guy. Cornhole's cool. Ladder golf is cool. So anyway, we were playing Can Jam on the beach yesterday, and we the beach was the most crowded we've ever seen it. I've never seen it that crowded. Uh, we've had this house now for six years. I've been coming to this town for my summer vacation for 20-something. Never seen the beach like it was on July 4th. Why? Because people are so happy to be back. And we the only place we could set up to play was right in front of the walkway to get to the boardwalk off the beach so we had to do a lot of game off game on game off game on wayne's world stuff but this one family walked through and they were decked head to toe in in go bucks and i just looked at the lady and i went oh and she was she was pulling a, a wonder wheeler she goes i oh like it was just I, I did that just for you buddy my my aunt always used to comment that ohio state fans um there's a lot of fans that will wear their stuff in season but Ohio State's one of that group where, you know, in July, you're still wearing Ohio State stuff. Yep. That's the difference. Yep. They, I've seen plenty of it here. Like, I mean, there was a couple guys in a bike parade here that I saw had on Ohio State stuff. Uh, I've seen a few Bama shirts up here. I've seen a lot of Clemson. Uh, when I was coming home from my golf lesson, I went by a house on Bay Avenue over here. And it had three Clemson flags flying from it. So, and, and, and why? Because of Clemson football. That's why. Speaking of the parade before we head out, what was that like for you? You mentioned that this is your favorite day. Obviously, last year was it didn't happen. What was that like for you? I know all the festivities, but you really enjoyed kind of that part of it. What was that like for you? Independence Day in Ocean City is really cool extremely festive everybody has parties they're on their roofs they're on their porches they're on their decks they're grilling everywhere and and and, and everybody's you know having drinks and they got music on and it's a, just an awesome experience and i haven't gotten to do the bike parade since 2018 because if you remember in 2019 i filleted the top off i my forgot left foot. about that 
with a broken cold beer bottle. And uh, okay, this is this is TMI, but why not? You tried to do it, didn't you? And your foot just opened up. Yep, that's exactly what happened. I was uh, I, I felt good. I woke up, um, got on my bike, and I'm riding, and I actually felt the stitches blow apart. And then blood started pouring out of my foot again. I went, hey. So I looked at Laney. I said, hey, I got to go. She's like, what do you mean you got to go? I said, I got to go back to urgent care. Uh, my stitches just blew open. And I went back, and the old – there was a doctor at the urgent care over by the Dunkin' Donuts and off Route 9. And I walked in there, and he just had, puts his hand on his hip, and he just starts shaking his head back and forth. He said, I told you, you dumbass. Cause he did. He told me, do not, do not do anything. Sit with your foot up with ice on it. Don't go anywhere. Don't ride I a know bike. July 4th, whatever. Quit with just don't do anything. And I didn't listen to him and they popped. So I had to do it again. And let me tell y'all something. Urgent care ain't cheap. So back to back days going to urgent care really ain't cheap. Listen to the doctor. That's the moral of the story. And don't wear flip-flops to the liquor store. That's also the moral of the story. Closed-toed shoes. It's like a NASCAR garage, people. <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it so much. Next week, I will update you all on my golf game. I just started playing at the behest of several of my country music buddies and several of my buddies in Charlotte, and I just realized at 45, I am an endurance guy. A lot of y'all know that marathons, triathlons, and all those things. And I still enjoy it, but I'm old. And so I, I want to transition my com- competitive life into the, my golf game. So uh, I just took my first lesson today. I will share that with y'all next week. We got to go. We appreciate y'all listening. Thank you so much to Teddy and to Silas for coming on. Appreciate everybody at Coastal for setting that up. Great job, Travis, getting those guys. Appreciate our law enforcement officials, firemen, our first responders, and thank you so much to the United States military, all of you guys. We appreciate you. Everybody have a great week. We'll try better next time. This is Marty Smith's America, Travis and Marty over and out.